أموالهم صدقة تطهرهم وتزكيهم بها وصل عليهم إن صلاتك سكن لهم والله سميع عليم صدق الله العظيم Before we get into the prophetic du'as of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam there are a couple things we should know about dua itself The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam mentioned in a hadith that dua ad-du'a'u huwa al-ibadah wa fi riwayatin ad-du'a'u mukhu al-ibadah that dua is ibadah in itself or it is the essence of ibadah and the reason is because in dua what does a person do a person shows his need his ihtiyaj his iftiqar to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ya allah i am in need why else would a person ask why else would a person beg only that person asks only that person begs who recognizes himself to be poor and needy a person who has everything you don't see him going around asking people he recognizes that i can take care of my own need i'm ghani but the fact of the matter the reality is that every creation of allah at every time at every moment requires the assistance of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allah ta'ala gave insan wujud and so Dua is ibadah. Why? Because it shows ubudiyah. It is a clear manifestation of ubudiyah. That a person begs Allah Ta'ala, Ya Allah, I am in need. Ya Allah, I have a need. Ya Allah, help me in this issue. Ya Allah, I need this. Ya ayyuhal nas, antumul fuqara'u ila Allah. Wallahu huwal ghani. You are all in need. Allah is the only one that does not need anyone or anything. And if dua is ibadah, and ibadah, abdiyat, is the highest rank that a person can acquire, right? Of all the attributes that a person could be uh, described with, the greatest attribute for us is actually abdiyat. Is Allah Ta'ala calling us servant of Allah Ta'ala? وَعِبَادُ الرَّحْمَانِ الَّذِينَ يَمْشُونَ عَلَى الْأَرْضِ هَوْنَا And in the recitation that we heard earlier, Subhanal الَّذِي When Allah Ta'ala speaks about the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, of all the sifat that Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala could have used for the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Allah Ta'ala could have said, Subhanal الَّذِي أَسْرَى بِرَسُولِهِ أَسْرَى بِحَبِيبِهِ أَسْرَى بِنَبِيِّهِ Allah Ta'ala used, Subhanal الَّذِي أَسْرَى بِعَبْدِهِ because this is the greatest sifa. This is the greatest sifa. So if Rasulullah is the kamil abd, he is the most perfect servant of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then you can imagine that the du'as of the Prophet will also be kamil and they will contain within them kamal. The dua of the Prophet ﷺ will be kamil and they will hold within them kamal along with jamal, along with nawal. They will have their own perfection, their own beauty, and their own generosity. 
The second thing to keep in mind is that when a person makes dua, Allah Ta'ala number one commands a person to make dua. The ayah which I recited, وَقَالَ رَبُّكُمْ اُدْعُونِي Your Lord has said, اُدْعُونِي It's a command from Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. Make dua to me. Call on to me. أَسْتَجِبْ لَكُمْ This is the jawabul الْأَمَرِ I will respond to you. أَسْتَجِبْ لَكُمْ I will respond to you. So when a person makes a dua, remember there are two things and sometimes we conflate these two things together. One is the acceptance of a dua and the other is the very thing that the person asks it being, uh, 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 it being given to the person. These are two different things. A person's dua could be accepted but the very dua that he asks it may not be given to him. Rather, it, the form of it is up to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala how, when, where, in which condition, in which way Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala manifests the acceptance of that dua. That's up to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. For example, in the story of Musa alayhi salam, uh, in Surah Taha, Musa alayhi salam, after he is informed that he's a Rasul of Allah, and now Allah ta'ala gives him this responsibility of nubuwa and risala, then now you have to go. Go idhab ila Fir'aun, go to Fir'aun. There was a number of du'as that Musa alayhi salam makes. Rabbi shrah li sadri, wa yasri li amri, wa hlul uqdatan min lisani, yafqahu qawli, wa ja'al li waziran min ahli, Harun akhi, ushtud bihi amri, wa ashrikhu fi amri. Right? A number of du'as that Musa alayhi salam made. And at the end of it, what does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say? وَلَقَدْ أُوتِيتَ سُؤْلَكَ يَا مُوسَ لَقَدْ أُوتِيتَ سُؤْلَكَ يَا مُوسَ what you asked, you have been given. You have been given everything that you've been asked. So sometimes this can happen. That exactly what the person asks, his su'al, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, his dua, Allah ta'ala gives exactly that. But at times, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala manifests that dua in other ways. It comes in the hadith, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, مَا مِن رَجُلٍ يَدْعُ اللَّهَ بِدُعَاءٍ إِلَّا اسْتُجِيبَ A servant of Allah doesn't make a dua except that it's accepted. A servant of Allah doesn't make a dua except that it's accepted. فَإِمَّا أَن يُعَجَّلَ لَهُ فِي الدُّنْيَا وَإِمَّا أَن يُدَّخَرَ لَهُ فِي الْآخِرَةِ وَإِمَّا أَن يُكَفَّرَ عَنْهُ مِن ذُنُوبِهِ بِقَدْرِ مَا دَعَى This is the different ways of its manifestation. One could be that the very dua he asked for in the dunya Allah Ta'ala manifested. And then too, the mashayikh write that its manifestation could be in different ways. It may not be exactly what the person asks. person asks for a BMW but they get a, I don't know, Mercedes. Huh? Right? So it may not be a hundred percent exactly, but it could be something similar. It could be that exactly what he asked for, Allah Ta'ala gives. Okay? Or that Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala stores his dua for the hereafter. Allah Ta'ala stores his dua for the hereafter. In which case, it comes in some narrations that on the day of judgment, when those individuals who used to make dua, and their duas weren't, they, they, didn't, they didn't see their duas in the dunya, and now they see it in the hereafter, it being stored, right? Think of it as a type of investment, and they see the reward of it, they will wish, they will wish that none of my du'as were accepted in the dunya. Any, none of my du'as were manifested in the dunya. I wish I, get, I had gotten all of them here. 
Now that doesn't mean that when we make dua, right? We make dua for something and then we say, Ya Allah, don't accept it in dunya. No, Ya Allah, just keep it for the hereafter. No, as part of the servant of Allah, part of servant of Allah, we say, Ya Allah, we are in need. Ya Allah, we are your slaves. Ya Allah, we are weak. Ya Allah, accept our du'as. And in, it comes in the hadith that a person, when he makes du'a, he shouldn't say, Ya Allah, you know, accept my du'a, insha'Allah, insha'ta, if you want. Of course, it's up to Allah Ta'ala if He wants to accept a dua in the first place or not. But rather, when He makes the dua, He should make the dua with yaqeen. My dua is going to be accepted. But He should not do ta'azim. So then in the hadith, or the third thing that the Prophet ﷺ mentions is, that or through the barakah of that dua, the acceptance of the dua is manifested how? That Allah Ta'ala forgives His sins. Allah Ta'ala expiates His sins according to how much He made dua. بِقَدْرِ مَا دَعَى Then Nabi Sallallahu makes a condition. مَا لَمْ يَدْعُوا بِإِثْمٍ أَوْ قَطِيعَةِ رَحِيمٍ أَوْ يَسْتَعْجِلْ So long as he does not make dua of a sin, or he does not make dua to break off family ties, to cut off family ties, or he does not seek, uh, uh, he doesn't do isti'jal, which means to be hasty. So the Sahaba radiallahu asked, Ya Rasulullah, wa kayfa yasta'ajil? How does a person do isti'ajal? So qala, yaqulu, da'awtu rabbi famastajabali. I make dua, I make dua, but my Lord doesn't accept my duas. He doesn't answer my duas. This is a condition. For your dua to be accepted, that a person doesn't have these. There are times where people will come to say, you know, Imam Sahab, Muhammad Sahab, I made so much duas, none of my duas get accepted. None of my duas get accepted. Well, if this is the type of attitude you have, then definitely your duas are not going to be accepted. According to the hadith, this is in Tirmidhi. Rather, the person when he makes a dua, his job, وَظِيفَةُ abdi ad dua The job of the servant of Allah is to make the dua as far as the qabuliyah of the dua and the muzahara of that dua or yani the, the, the uh, uh, manifestation of the dua, that's up to Allah Ta'ala. How, when, where, how, whatever he does, that's up to Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. But my job, my job as a servant of Allah is to make the dua. It's to beg Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, when it comes to the du'as of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, we can, in my humble opinion, we can categorize them into two categories. The first category are those du'as that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam taught the ummah. These are your daily du'as. These are your jami' du'as. These are your du'as that are related to your adat, your, your regular habits, your, your mu'amalat of the day. A person wakes up, the dua that Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam taught at that time. Alhamdulillah, ladhi ahyana ba'dama amatana wa ilayhi nujur. A person when he goes to sleep, the dua that he makes, Allahumma bismika amutu wa ahya. The dua when the person enters the bathroom with his left foot, the dua that he makes at that time. The dua when he makes, the dua that he makes when he exits the bathroom with his right foot. These are the duas. Or they're jami'u dua. They're, they're comprehensive duas. Some of these du'as are in the Qur'an. رَبَّنَا آتِنَا فِي الدُّنْيَا It comes in the hadith that this was one of those du'as that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa used to make. رَبَّنَا آتِنَا فِي الدُّنْيَا حَسَنَةً وَفِي الْآخِرَةِ حَسَنَةً وَقِنَا عَذَابَ النَّارِ اللهم إنا نسألك العفو والعافية في ديني ودنيايا Right? And so many, many different scholars have compiled these du'as in books. Imam Nawi rahimahullah uh, has compiled a kitab called Al-Adhkar in which all of these du'as that are related to a person's daily life have, are there. 
What should he say at this occasion? What should he say at this occasion? And keep in mind one point here. These du'as, you could say, are either inspired to the Prophet ﷺ, they're revealed to the Prophet ﷺ by Allah, or these are the du'as that come from the heart of Nubuwa, from the fountain of Nubuwa, from that person, from that servant of Allah who has the most love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So each one of these du'as are then very precious. Don't think, you know, sometimes when we're younger and our parents teach us these du'as, we say, oh, this is the du'a for the bathroom. Why do I have to read this du'a for the bathroom? Why? But don't ever underestimate these du'as. There, there are many fawa'id, but two that I mentioned now. Number one is that they always remind you of Allah. They never make you negligent of Allah. Why? Because you're always doing something. You're always involved in something. And any mundane, the other thing is, any mundane activity that you're doing becomes ibadah because of the dua. You have to sleep. You have to sleep. But then when you say, Allahumma bismika amutu wa ahya, guess what? Your sleep, which is a mundane activity, which you have to do anyways, becomes ibadah. You had to eat. You have to eat to survive. But when you said, Bismillah before eating, guess what? This mundane act, a, action, it's mundane in the sense that a person wouldn't normally associate it to an action of Jannah. So, my eating is, is gonna get me into Jannah? Yes, you said Bismillah in the beginning. You said Alhamdulillah at the end. Guess what? You're eating, you're drinking, which you had to do anyways, is ibadah. Is ibadah. And it's something that could lead a person into Jannah. Who knows that at that time, when he ate that morsel of food, and he thought to himself, Ya Allah, you provided this to me. I saw, I say your name when I eat this. And Ya Allah, when you finish, Ya Allah, it is through your grace, it is through your fadl, that Ya Allah, my, my, my thirst was quenched, and my hunger was taken care of. Alhamdulillah, that Alhamdulillah that comes out from the depth of his heart, perhaps is that one Alhamdulillah that leads him into Jannah. You don't know. So these du'as, a person should make it a point to memorize, have our children memorize, have our families memorize. MashaAllah, there are many, many collections. One of the books, for example, you'll see these reflections of, prayer, of uh, pearls. I believe that's the title of the book. Many du'as are written in there for a person's daily you know, activities that he does, daily actions that he does. Then again, you have those jawami', those du'as that are very comprehensive. They're also connected, collected. So for example, uh, uh, Mullah Ali Qali rahimahullah has his, uh, his famous collection, Al-Hizbul Bahar, right? Which is divided into, you can recite him in seven days, you can recite him in a month, however you want to split that. Mu'an Ashraf Ali Tani rahmatullah has this compilation called Munajat al So these are all du'as that are collected from hadith. These are considered jami'u du'as. They're considered to be comprehensive du'as. And they are a means of protection for the person. Then you have another form of dua. These are specific duas that the Prophet ﷺ made for individuals. That's the main topic. Don't worry, I won't take too long. These are those duas that the Prophet ﷺ made for specific individuals and then we saw its manifestation in the person, in his life. Or it's a dua that the, person, the Prophet ﷺ made against a person and we saw its manifestation in life. For example, not only the dua, not only the words, even the touch of Rasulullah was Mubarak. So it comes in the ahadith and in the biographies of the Sahabi. For example, there's one Sahabi by the name of Sa'ib ibn Yazid. It comes about him that in his old age, he had black hair. 
didn't turn white. So someone asked him once, how is it that your hair is still black? He said, when I was young and I was playing in the streets of Medina, Nabi sallallahu came by and he just patted me on the, on the head and he made dua of barakah for me. This is the result of that barakah. Okay. Another sahabi, Amr ibn Akhtab radiallahu anh, it comes about him, that his hair, and his, his hair on his head and his beard was black. Even he, though he reached above the age of 100. He reached above the age of 100. When asked why, he, and no wrinkles on his face. Why? Because the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam made dua of barakah for him. Made dua of barakah for him. Okay. Do you have other cases where, for example, Anas radiallahu an, Khadimu Rasulullah, who served the Prophet for 10 years. 10 years he did the khidmah of the Prophet. And he says about his relationship with the Prophet that Nabi he would not scold me. He wouldn't say to me, if I did something, Lima sanata. Or if I didn't do something, Lima lam yasna. Why didn't Lima lam tasna? Why didn't you not do this? Why did you do this? So for 10 years, I served the Prophet ﷺ. And he says, uh, his mother, Ummu Sulaim, she said to the Prophet ﷺ, Khadimuka Anas, Ya Rasulullah, Udu'u lahu, Ya Allah, Ya Rasulullah, make dua for him. So Anas radiallahu an says, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, فَمَا تَرَكَ خَيْرَ آخِرَةٍ وَلَا دُنْيَا إِلَّا دَعَالِبِهِ Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa didn't leave anything behind for me. Whether related to the dunya or the akhirah, whatever duas that were there, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa made that dua for me. What did he say? Allahumma rzuqhu malan wa waladan wa barik lahu. Ya Allah, give him sustenance, wealth, children, and put barakah in it. So he says then, inni lamin akfaril ansari mala. I'm among those ansar who have the most wealth. He died, he was over the age of a hundred. He's among the Sahaba, the last Sahaba, last group of Sahaba to pass away. If I remember correctly, the last Sahabi in Basra to pass away. He wasn't the last al al-Itlaq, and he wasn't the last Sahabi, but among the last Sahaba. And in the city of Basra, if I remember correctly, he was the last Sahabi to pass away. And he says, he says, حَدَّثَتْنِي إِبْنَتِي أَنَّهُ دُفِنَ لِسُلْبِ مَقْدَمَ حَجَّاجِ الْبَصْرَ That from my own children, before the Hajjaj ibn Yusuf came, before he came, from my own children, 120 of my children I buried with my hands. In one narration, he said, With these two hands of mine, I buried 100 children of my own. He saw children, grandchildren. In fact, in one hadith that's narrated in Musnad of Imam Ahmad, Hudayfa radiallahu an says, كان رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم إذا دعا لرجل أدركت الدعوة ولده وولد ولده. If Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa made dua for any individual, the effect and the barakah of dua would reach him and the following generation. The following generation as well. This is the barakah of the dua of the Prophet We know for example the dua that Nabi Sallallahu made for Umar radiallahu Right, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, Ya Allah, ayyidil Islam, ya bi ahadil amarain. O kama qala alayhi salatu wasallam, ya Allah, aid Islam through one of the two Umar, either Umar ibn al-Khattab or Amr ibn Hisham, yani Abu Jahl. And Allah Ta'ala in his divine wisdom, in his taqdeer had it written for Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu anhu. 
Abdullah ibn Mas'ud radiyallahu an says that ma zilna a'izzatan mundu aslama Umar. We continue to remain with Izza since the time Umar radiyallahu an accepted Islam. This is the barakah of the dua of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Khalifatu Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Amirul Mu'mineen Umar ibn al-Khattab radiyallahu an. This is the barakah of the dua of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. This is the mu'ajizah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam made dua for his uh, cousin Abdullah ibn Abbas radiyallahu anhumah. Allahumma faqihu fi deen wa'allimhu ta'wil. Ya Allah, grant him depth of knowledge in the deen. Ya Allah, teach him the meanings and the tafsir of the Qur'an. And he is, today is known as the uh, Habar, the, the, the Hibrul Ummah, the, the, the scholar of the Ummah. Abdullah ibn Abbas radiallahu anhuma. At the same time, there were individuals who, due to their wretchedness, due to uh, 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 their, their, their takabbur, they earned the du'as, not for them, but against them from the Prophet So for example, it's very well known in, the battle, uh, in, the, in uh, uh, Makkah Mukarramah, it's from the seerah, that one time while the Prophet was praying, some of the mushrikeen decided to take the entrails, the intestines uh, of a camel and put it on the Prophet while he was in sajda. Afterwards, Nabi made du'a against them by name. And it comes in the hadith that in the battle, before the battle of Badr took place, I believe it was Anas radiallahu anhu who narrated, he said that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa showed us the place, the exact place, the outline of the places where each of these people will fall. This is where so-and-so will fall. This is where so-and-so will be. And he says afterwards, when we saw those bodies, those bodies were not even a hand span away from where Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa pointed them to be. Not even a hand span. It comes in one narration that there was a person who was sitting with the Prophet ﷺ and he was eating with his left hand. Nabi ﷺ said, Kul eat with your right hand. This person, it wasn't that he wasn't able to eat with his right hand, but for whatever reason, he didn't listen to the Prophet ﷺ. It could have been, Wallahu alam, Allah knows best whether he was a munafiq or not. But when a directive comes from the Prophet ﷺ, when a Prophet ﷺ says something, you do it. So what, instead, what do you say? لا أستطير, I'm not able to. And it wasn't that he had a valid reason. Obviously, if he had a valid reason, Either the Prophet ﷺ would have known about it, or the Prophet ﷺ would have accepted it. But he didn't have any valid reason. He just said, last time I'm not able to. It was his takabur. So the Prophet ﷺ said, لَسْتَطَعْتَ You won't be able to. And it comes about this individual, never again would he, was he able to lift his hand up. Not for, for food, he wasn't able to lift his hand up, ever. Now, when we read, there, and there's so many, there's so many of these narrations, it's very difficult to go through all. But the point of it is, what, what do we get from here? Know that there are du'as that the Prophet ﷺ made for the ummah. And likewise, there are things that the Prophet ﷺ warned or he cursed. The ummah then has to be careful of those things. And where Rasulullah made du'a, then the ummah should try to strive so that they could get the du'a of the Prophet ﷺ because it's the barakah of the du'a of the Prophet ﷺ. 
So for example, in one hadith, the Prophet ﷺ mentions an Abi Hurairah radiallahu an qal qal Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam rahimallahu rajulan qama min al-layli fasalla wa ayqadha ahlahu fasallat fa in abat nadaha fi wajhiha al-ma' rahimallahu imra'atan qamat min al-layl fasallat wa ayqadha zawjaha fasalla fa in aba nadahat fi wajhi al-ma' May Allah have mercy on that man who stands in the middle of the night for prayer. And he prays, and he wakes up his wife. And she wakes up and she prays as well. And if she refuses, he sprinkles some water on her. So she gets up. Not pouring water. It says, Nadaha, sprinkle some water. (laughs) And may Allah have mercy on that woman who gets up in the middle of the night to pray. And she prays and she wakes up her husband. And he prays. And if he refuses, she takes some water and sprinkles it on him. And so he wakes up. Again, not pouring a bucket of water on them. It's going to cause more problems. But the idea is, there is raqba towards ibadah. So he wakes her up. She wakes him up. And Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, Allah. Allah have mercy on them. In one narration, the Prophet said, Rahimallahu imra'an salla qabla al-asri arba'a raka'at. May Allah have mercy on that person, on that person who prays four raka'at before asr. So if you want the dua of the Prophet then you, you follow these. In one hadith, the Prophet says, narrated by Abdullah ibn Mas'ud radiallahu, Naddarallahu imra'an sami'a maqalati fawa'aha wa hafidhaha wa ballagaha. May Allah illuminate, may Allah illuminate that individual who hears my hadith and he preserves it, he memorizes it, and he preserves it, and he delivers it. May Allah illuminate his face. It was perhaps this hadith that the muhaddithun heard and the desire and the aspiration to memorize the hadith of the Prophet became inflamed in their hearts. Or you have individuals like Imam Bukhari, Imam Muslim, Imam Tirmidhi, thousands, hundreds of thousands of ahadith that they memorized and they compiled. And at the same time, there are du'as of the Prophet ﷺ that are warnings for us. These are just examples that I'm giving, right? For example, comes in one hadith. عن ابن عباس رضي الله عنهما قال قال رسول الله لعنا لعنا رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم المخنثين من الرجال والمترجلات من النساء May the curse of Allah May the curse of Allah be on those men who dress like women and may the curse of Allah be on those women who dress like men The curse of Allah and who's making the dua? Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. La'ana, Allah. May the la'ana of Allah be on them. Similar narration. La'ana Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Ar-rajula yalbasu libsat al-mar'ati wal-mar'ata talbasu libsat al-rajul. She wears uh, 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 the clothing of a man and he wears the clothing of a woman. In the previous narration, mukhannithin, those men who act like, who dress like, who be like women and those women who be like and act like men. In another narration, the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said, "It comes la'ana Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam al-rashi wal-murtashi." May the curse of Allah be on the one who who takes the bribe and who gives the bribe. La'ana of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam is on them. 
In another narration, the Prophet says, Now this could be that it's a, it's a dua of the Prophet or it's Rasulullah declaring that the curse of Allah is on this person. On who? The curse of Allah is on khamar, on alcohol. The one who drinks it, the one who serves it, the one who purchases it, the one who sells it, the one who makes it and produces it, the one who carries it and transports it. The curse of Allah is on all of them. In one hadith, the Prophet ﷺ mentions, رَغِمَ أَنْفِ رَغِمَ ثُمَّ رَغِمَ أَنْفِ ثُمَّ رَغِمَ أَنْفِ قِيلَ مَنْ يَا رَسُولَ اللَّهِ قَالْ مَنْ أَدْرَكَ أَبَوَيْهِ عِنْدَ الْكِبَرِ أَحَدَهُمَا أَوْ كِلَيْهِمَا فَلَمْ يَدْخُلِ الْجَنَّةِ رَغِمَ أَنْفِ In the literal meaning, may this person's face be in dust. May his nose be put in dust. The nose is the, one of the most noblest part of the faces. May it be in dust. Who? One who finds his parents in old age. One of them or both of them. And he's not able to enter Jannah. Meaning why? Yani he had such an easy way to enter Jannah by serving them. By who? We're not saying serving random individuals. Serving his parents. He had the opportunity. He had the advantage. Yet he didn't take the opportunity of that advantage. And so what happened? He wasn't able to enter into Jannah. In a similar narration, this is where Nabi ﷺ said, Ameen. In some in narrations it comes, that when Nabi ﷺ was ascending the member, Nabi ﷺ said, Ameen three times. This is where Nabi ﷺ said, Ameen to the dua. And what was mentioned in that? Where Nabi ﷺ says, ذُكِرْتُ عِنْدَهُ فَلَمْ يُصَلِّي A person who when I am mentioned, he doesn't say salat on me. He doesn't say, Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammad. He doesn't say, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Or that person, دَخَلَ رَجُلْ دَخَلَ عَلَيْهِ رَمَضَانِ ثُمَّ انْسَلَخَ قَبْلَ أَنْ يُغْفَرَ لَهُ Ramadan comes and goes, and this person is not forgiven. This person is not forgiven. Meaning, again, he didn't take the opportunity and the advantage. And likewise, again, أَدْرَكَ عِنْدَهُ أَبَوَاهُ الْكِبَرُ أَحَدُهُمَا أَوْ كِلَاهُمَا فَلَمْ يُدْخِلَاهُ الْجَنَّةِ And their parents were not able to enter into him into Jannah. Meaning, again, he didn't serve them. He didn't take the opportunity of serving them. These are just a few examples. These are just a few examples. Otherwise, I say inshallah, I'll conclude with this. Where we have these du'as of the Prophet ﷺ, we also have the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ. This is a means of great protection. We don't realize. In the Qur'an, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, مَا كَانَ اللَّهُ لِيُعَذِّبَهُمْ وَأَنْتَ فِيهِمْ Allah will not punish them so long as you, O Muhammad ﷺ, are among them. وَمَا كَانَ اللَّهُ مُعَذِّبَهُمْ وَهُمْ يَسْتَغْفِرُونَ And Allah will not punish them so long as they're involved in istighfar. So long as they're seeking the forgiveness of Allah, Allah will not punish them. One of the Mufassirin, Ibn Ajiba, he writes something interesting. He says, Allah Ta'ala gave safety and security to the Ummah through the presence of the Prophet ﷺ. That Ummah, when they adopt the Sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ, bi barakati, Sunnatin Nabi ﷺ, they will have the protection of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Bi barakati, Sunnatin Nabi ﷺ. If Allah Ta'ala sent the Prophet Sallallahu any individual who follows the Prophet Sallallahu he will also be a source of mercy. So again, we make, we make dua as well. 
Allah Ta'ala grant us tawfiq to follow the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Allah Ta'ala allow us to be those who earn, who are the recipients of the du'as of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. I finished with the ayah which I started. Allah Ta'ala commands the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, خُذْ مِنْ أَمْوَالِهِمْ Take from their wealth. خُذْ مِنْ أَمْوَالِهِمْ صَدَقَةً تُطَهِرُهُمْ It will purify them. وَتُزَكِّيهِمْ It will be a source of their purification. وَصَلِّ عَلَيْهِمْ And according to Mufassirin says, any oh Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, make dua for them. صَلِّ عَلَيْهِمْ إِنَّ صَلَاتَكَ سَكَنٌ لَهُمْ Your dua will be a source of peace for them. Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala, may He make us recipients of that dua. وَآخِرُ دَعْوَانَا الْحَمْدُ لِلَّهِ رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ جزاكم الله خير الجزاء. جزاكم الله خيراً وأحسناً جزاء for the very heart-touching um, bayan. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us amongst those who we attain the du'as of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us amongst those who protect ourselves from the curses of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Inshallah, we will conclude with a final du'a by our own beloved and esteemed Mufti Minhaj, Hafidhullah. But before that, I just wanted to make a small announcement just with regards to a few things that um, inshallah there will be sleeping arrangements on the side hall in the side hall prayer which will be on 